Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I'm back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you have decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about momentum. Yes, momentum. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with and jot down anything that I say today that will be a blessing to your life. Listen, momentum is a real thing. You can't see it. You can't touch it. But when it's there, you know it. And when it's not there, you know it too. And we've all probably have experienced this in this pandemic. I know I have as a pastor because now that we're having in-person services and you got to try to get people back out to church is so difficult because when we were really rolling and had momentum and then the world shut down and now you're trying to roll this five ton rock uphill, it is just impossible. But by the grace of God, he is helping us and I hope he is helping you to get your momentum back. And so I want to talk about some things regarding momentum and show you what it is, tell you what it is and really minister to you from that plane, because I know how difficult it can be to feel like you got to start all over again. Once you really got some things going, you know, if you started to lose weight and you fell off the wagon, you know how hard it is to start doing right, eating right going back to the gym. But again, I do believe the power and the grace of God can help us to begin again and then begin again smarter. So I want to take my text from Luke chapter 14. We're going to start here at verse number 28 and we'll conclude here at verse number 29. Notice what it says. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. Verse 29, for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. I want to read that again, the latter clause. For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. And that is the bottom line with momentum. I'm telling you, saints, is that we start things and we can't finish them or we start it And again, the pandemic happens and then of no fault of your own, you can't finish it. And then you got to start it. And then you got to convince people of what you started. And so, man, I'm telling you, when this thing happens, it just frustrates you. I know you can just get angry and want to throw in the towel. But we've got to look at this and see it from a different plane of sight from the spirit of God. Now, let me give you a quick definition about momentum. It's defined as mass in motion. All objects have mass. Therefore, if an object of mass is moving, then it has momentum. The amount of momentum an object has depends on two things. You might want to write this down. Number one, the weight of the object that is moving. Number two, the speed of the object 
that is moving. Now, in my own life as a pastor and church leader, my job is to build people for life and ministry. But the truth is many people are doing so bad in life that I can't even get to the ministry. I'm telling you, it's the truth. So many people are doing so bad in life and some things are not of their making and then some things are. But you can't even get to helping people until you help them get their life together. And some people don't even want any help. So what do you do? You just help the people that want the help and really help them to see that even though momentum at times gets eclipsed and stopped by things that were not your fault. Some things, I believe, not all things, some things needed to stop so we could do it better, so we could do it God's way, and maybe so we could do it again and be obedient through the process and then maybe see the hand of God on it so that you can press your way through the thing that's causing a lot of difficulty and see the miracle working power of God. Because I thank God that throughout the course of the pandemic, that even though we had to shut down and we couldn't meet in person, we couldn't meet online. It was different. And obviously I fought against it, but I was able to reach some new people. And I probably would not have been able to do that if I was just doing the same thing, just having in-person services. So that did help me. And then it helped me to expand my knowledge base. And it helped me to learn some things that I probably would not have learned about me, about people, about the church. So there are some things that you can get when seemingly your momentum has been shut down. So all is not lost. All right. So let me give you a few more things. There are four groups of people in the kingdom of God, but more importantly, four groups of people that you probably will encounter in the world. Number one, the wrong people doing the wrong things. I'm sure you know them. Number two, the right people, but they are doing the wrong things. Number three, the wrong people doing the right things. And then the right people finally doing the right things. Those are the people that you really want, right people doing the right things. Now, I will say to you, the other three categories of people, you can help them if they want to be helped because I've met all four groups of people. And so there's some diamonds in the rough in the first three that I mentioned. But generally speaking, you know, you want to be around the right people doing the right things because let's just be honest, life is short and we just don't have time. At least I don't for the drama and all the things that people can bring to you. And again, some people are just not trying to get any better. But when it relates to momentum, you just want things to be right. So in your own personal life, I want you to begin to say this to yourself. I'm the right person at the right time. I'm the right person at the right time. That's what you want. I am right at the right time. Even if you feel like you're wrong, sometimes you got to declare a thing and continue to declare a thing and believe it from your heart to really see that metamorpho, that metamorphosis, that inward change happening in your life. So I'm the right person at the right time. And as you continue to say that to yourself, you're going to want to be right. You're going to want to do right. You're going to want to have the right things around you. And when something is wrong, you'll be able to pick it up and sense it 
and not just go along with it and be comfortable with it, maybe like you have in times past. We cannot be comfortable with wrong things. We cannot be comfortable with wrong people around us. You got to tell them, hey man, if you don't get right, you just can't go with me to the next level. If you're not going to do right, I just can't hang out with you thinking that you're the only person in town I can be with. No, that's not true. I would rather be by myself knowing that I'm the right person, striving to do right things, than just going along to get along and being comfortable. So in order to kind of get the right people doing the right things, and in order for you to be the right person at the right time, you need vision. You need structure. You need a strategy. You need some core values. I'm going to say that again. You need a vision. What do you see yourself being, doing, having? What do you see? Do you have some structure in your life? Or is your life just come see, come side? Whatever the wind blows you, you go and you call it God. You need a strategy. You need a plan. God had a plan to get Jesus here. I'm going to say that again. God had a plan, y'all. He had a strategy to get Jesus here. He knew how he would get him here. He had already chosen his natural parents. You need a strategy and a plan and you need some core values at your core. If you're going to have momentum, momentum stops in our life because we don't have any vision. We don't have any structure. We don't have a strategy. We don't have no core values. The pandemic proved that. When the pandemic happened, so many things were spiraling out of control. Stores, were, they didn't know what they were going to do. Hospitals didn't know what they were going to do. I think one thing we could take out of this or should take out of it is how far behind the eight ball the United States was about having the proper care, having the proper mask, having the proper things that hospitals needed. We just didn't have anything. We were just nervous and just reacting. We had no plan. It's almost like we didn't even think a pandemic could happen. And when it did, nobody knew anything. You don't want your life to be like that. You need to have a vision. You need to have a contingency plan if things fall apart. And God will give you one. In other words, son, daughter, if this happens, this is what I want you to do next. If this happens, this is what I want you to do next. You've got to have some plans. You've got to have a strategy, some structure, some core values about who you are. Values are what you won't do. I won't be profane. I won't operate without a lack of integrity. I will always have character. I will always be honest. I will always be a straight shooter. I won't lie. I won't steal. See, if you don't have any values in your life, when something happens, I can guarantee you, you're going to do it. You know why? Because you don't have anything that you won't do. So you have to have some core values in your life. A biblical worldview from the word of God of how you should see things. So you can't be narrow minded in this world. When you got a worldview, a panoramic view from the Holy Spirit, he'll show you how to look at things. When you see things for how they really are, you won't get upset like you do. <laughs> you won't get frustrated. You won't get angry. I can tell you the times that I've gotten angry and frustrated is because I just didn't have the right view. I didn't have the right objective view about what God was really trying to show me. So I had to work on that. So you got to have a plan. For the second half of your life, whatever your age is right now, imagine you living another 20 years. If you're 20 years old and you die at 40, what is the second half of your life? 
If you're 50 years old, you live another 50, you're 100 years. What is the second half of your life going to be? Can you double your age? Or are you planning on falling off in the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 15 years? I want you to plan for the second half. The first half was bad, but you got to say the second half is going to be better. Watch this, because I should be smarter in the second half. If you were foolish at the age of 20, let's say, you know, 21 moving forward, you're not going to be foolish in the next half. It's like a football team, basketball team. They get blown out in the first half. They go in the locker room, the coach chews them out. But he says, hey, let's get back to the game plan. You can't just go back in the second half and just repeat all the mistakes you made in the first half. You haven't learned anything. And there are certain people, saved and unsaved, they haven't learned anything. They keep repeating the same mistake after mistake after mistake. And you can't get mad with God about that. You own it. You got to be culpable, just like I have to be culpable. And say, you know what? The second half, I'm going to double my age. You know, I'm going to go two and a half times my age even. And say, you know what? The rest of my life, I'm going to get a plan. I'm going to get a vision. I'm going to get a strategy. I'm going to develop some core values in my life. I'm not going to be frustrated on this job. God can give you some momentum to create a business. But you got to stay with him so they can keep the momentum going. So just don't accept things that are coming to you as the will of God is what I'm trying to say to you. Because if it is true, and it is the weight of an object when it is moving and the speed of an object that it is moving guarantees its momentum that it will continue and move forward and do some extraordinary things. You must have a vision for your own life before you can take on the vision for any church, any job, any volunteer opportunity. One of the hardest things I've learned as a pastor is that I'm trying to give people a vision for the ministry and they don't even have a vision for their own life. I don't even know that you can do it. Matter of fact, you can't do it. Because if I'm showing you great and wonderful things that we could do as a church, but you don't even see the great and wonderful things that you can do, it's tough. So we have to build people. I'm going to say that again. For pastors, ministers, leaders, business leaders, you got to build your people. You got to build the staff. And sometimes people leave. They walk away. They run away. It's not necessarily you, but you're challenging them. You're challenging them. And they don't like to be challenged. People don't want to be challenged. They want to stay status quo. But you can only help people who will want to be helped. Jesus went through the same thing. He said in John chapter 6, I believe, somewhere around the 60th verse, somewhere in there, he talked about, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no share with me. And those disciples, not the 12, but the other disciples that followed Jesus, they got upset about that. Eat your flesh? Drink of your blood? This makes no sense. And he was like, y'all upset? And the Bible says that they left him. They walked away from Jesus and followed him no more. Wow. You mean I'm trying to help you, build you, grow you so you can have some momentum, so you can be right for the right assignment? For the right thing that I've called you to, to follow my father, to follow me as I'm following my father. And you get upset because I say one thing to you. Wow, the Bible says that they left, man. But catch this, Jesus didn't go after them. See, when you're a leader, you got to do some tough things and people will leave you. But you can't go after them. 
You just got to let them go. Because if you can't hear truth, I can't lie to you. As long as you're around me, I'm not going to lie to you. I got to tell you the truth. I got to tell you like it is. But we have those things happening in our lives many times. And so we'll try to adjust some things to fit the people. But we're messing them up because what we want them to be is right. And compromise won't help you to become right. It will just help you to stay status quo. And we should have enough of that operating in our own life. So we can't do that. So those are the things that I think that's important. And you will note that Jesus called for his brothers from two different families that had the same vocation. They were fishermen. Peter and Andrew casting their nets. James and John mending their nets. But Jesus had a vision. He had a vision to help them. He had a strategy. He had a plan. He had a goal to help them. And he had to help them and then help him to see from a larger standpoint what his ministry was about. But he took them where they were and they had to stick with it because they could have been like the same ones in John chapter six, walked away, but they stayed. And Jesus even said, y'all going to leave me too? Y'all going to walk away too? But they stayed. Why? Because they knew Jesus had the words of eternal life. He knew or they knew that they could not do what they were doing without the master. And you and I cannot do what we need to do without the master. I'm going to give you one point here. I know I've shared a lot of things, but I said all that really to get you here. So how do we grow people? We have to grow our measure. That's what we have to do. This is really, I said all of this stuff to get you here. No doubt the things that I've shared up until this point are important. But I'm saying all of this to get you here. How do we grow people? How do we get momentum? How do we get it, keep it, and sustain it? We have to grow our measure. Whatever you've been presented with from God, you got to grow it. Nobody's going to grow this for you. You have to grow. Tell yourself you got to grow up. Oh, that's the hardest thing in the world for people to do is to grow up because they don't want to grow up. They just want to stay the same because people are so lazy and complacent and they don't want to be pushed many times. Not everybody. Some folks don't want to be challenged, but you need to accept the challenge and say, I'm going to grow my measure. How do we do this? On an individual level. See, everything in the kingdom must be born which means it comes through seed form. And once the seed comes, it's just a hint of what's coming. So sometimes God will give you a taste of what's coming through the seed. But we can't recognize the greatness in the seed. I know I couldn't. You know, we despise, the scripture says, despise not the day of small things. Anything that is big, y'all, you know this, starts out as a seed. But the seed has potential. And that's what I want to tell you today. The seed in you, if you're going to grow your measure and get some momentum, it's got potential. You have potential. But until the potential comes out, all it is, is just potential. Until it comes out, all it is. It's just potential. So we want the reality of that potential to break through. We want manifestation. We want demonstration of the seed that is inside of us to break forth 
And when it does, it will bless you and everybody around you. When you get time, I want you to read Mark chapter 4, 28. I'm not going to read the scripture, but I want you to write down Mark chapter 4, 28. This is a real powerful scripture. And I just want to give kind of the summation of it. See, once the seed breaks the ground, it has several areas that it grows in. So I can't assign certain responsibility to a blade that just came through the ground. So if you're the wrong person in the wrong place, then I have to develop the person and develop the place or develop the person as I grow the place. I've got to grow the person because the place is increasing. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Whatever is on the inside of us is on the inside of us, but it has to grow because the place that I'm trying to put you in, if you don't grow, the place you in will overtake you. So a lot of times what we're waiting for or what we're looking to happen is really in you. It's not the place, it's you. So when you grow, when you grow up, when you mature and when God puts you in the place, the place won't destroy you. The place won't destroy you. The place won't discourage you is what I'm trying to say. Because a lot of people, you know, they get a job, but they weren't ready for it. And so they're discouraged on the job. The problem is they're just not mature enough to handle big boy things. So God is saying here, I want to develop you. I want to develop you. I want to grow you. I want to build you up. And so when I put you where I want to put you, the place, yes, is growing because there's people there that are pulling on the seed that is inside of you. But it's not a seed now. It's an apple tree. It's an orange tree. So you got some fruit on there that people can pick from. You got what I'm saying? So when we do our due diligence and make sure that we're right, some wonderful things can happen. See, the person has to have personal growth because growing personally will get you paid. For example, Halle Berry earns $30 a minute because of who she is. Tiger Woods earns $75 a minute because of what he does. Steven Spielberg earns $675 a minute because of what he has others doing. And finally, Bill Gates earns $6,750 a minute because of what he has others doing in the world. You see the difference? See, we want to get to the place that we can affect other people. And when we can affect other people, it's like a chain reaction it, because now I'm doing so well in life. I can't do it all myself. I can employ people. And when you employ people, you get the residual from that. So my question to you is this. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because your life is determined by the value of your minute. How valuable is your minute? Some people should never make it on your calendar because you know they're going to do them, but waste your time. Tell you something you already know. Some rumor, some gossip, some mess that don't add value to you. But when you know what your value is, you spend time with people that have value. Now, let me say this. That does not mean that if someone is asking for help, that you shouldn't be too big enough to help them. That's not what I'm saying. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you and I are better than anybody because we're always growing, learning and evolving. But what I am saying, you need to be very discriminative 
of the people you are hanging around just shooting the breeze with. See, if you know you worth $6,750 a minute, you're going to be very uh, careful about the things you do in a day and who you do it with, right? It's not all about money. It's about value. And when you know what your value is, you want to help people who believe in your value, who accept your value, huh? who trust your value. And when you give it out, they will honor you over and over and over again. All right. That's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that this blessed you, this episode on momentum. If it did, as always, please send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Always go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber tab there, a box there. Put your email there so I can have you on my emailing list and I will send you a free PDF that will help you grow in the things of God. Also, I'm looking for those that will partner with me financially so that I can continue to bring to empower you to as many people as possible. And if you feel led to do that, if you scroll down again to the bottom of the screen, you will see a place, a donation tab. No dollar amount is too big. No dollar amount is too small. And everything you give will go towards making this show better. And then my plan is possibly somewhere down the road having guests on the show, being able to inspire you through their point of view and different things that they've done in their lives. Everything I'm doing is to empower you. Pray for me as I pray for you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.